Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hi there, it is Fantasy Focus Baseball. Beautiful Wednesday morning, February 19th, 2020. He is the Sultan of Stat. Tristan wins leagues by the bushels. You better listen to him. He's always right. <laughs> God. Kyle Sabi produces because basically somebody has to. He also researches, sells food, sells hot dogs. Listen to him. Unless he's recommending Tyler Chowder. What do we have to do to get Kyle in the open? I mean, really, he's as much a part of this show as you and me, Tristan. So, like, I could, I could sing up a little tune and get him added to that. Can you, you, have, can you sing a little kid? Because this is why people tune in. And so, Kyle! That's it? No. I could have done that. That's, that's, a, okay. yeah. that's a start. I'll take it. <laughs> right, gotta so crawl before you can walk. <laughs> we got the Sultan. We got the Chatwood. I'm Eric. I just read the ads. I try not to curse. I wonder if I would have taken Von Hayes in the first round of all my drafts way back when. Uh, spring games start this week, which is always nice. Uh, we'll ask Tristan what he looks for in these early games, if anything. Uh, some of you <laughs> might be drafting really, really soon like we are. I have drafts going on right now, and two more that just got announced to start next Monday. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's like, I love it. I do. Aren't, aren't you excited when you're picking the fourth on the depth chart? prospect catcher who probably isn't going to be playing for two years and you have to be somewhat I took a player in one of my leagues yesterday and I was like okay well I like this guy I don't care that he's 31 and then of course you know trouble started but like I'm like you know this is fun for me I like going deep into these drafts I mean to me it's not only about who you're taking in round two it's who you're taking in round 22 because as we know I don't I mean this age-old stuff the drafts are won or lost in eight in round two they're not you don't know who's going to get hurt you don't know who's going to blossom you don't know if Aaron Judge is playing 100 games stuff like that so I think the late picks are arguably just as important if you get a diamond or if you think Nick Madrigal can hit 12 home runs and steal 30 bases and he's available in round 22 you take him or you mm-hmm. take him earlier than that yeah anyway lots by the way don't be the since you referenced that other one don't be the guy who's nitpicking every little piece of the rules in order to oh find the advantage God, i I'm can't so tired of that league um no that happens in a, a lot of leagues i'm gonna bet that many people would reply with examples i guess happens. don't be that guy come I, on i have a league where i just rejoined my oldest league and a guy's offering me a trade i don't even have any players yet we didn't have our <laughs> dispersal draft expansion draft until last week, which I did. I think I did well in. And as soon as I had players, he makes me this ridiculous offer. I'm like, oh, why did I rejoin? Anyway, so much to do on today's show. So much. Kyle's going to have to just stop us because we have so much to talk about. Here's the buzz. <laughs> and unfortunately, we have injuries. Before they even play, we have injuries. We always do. So let's try to go quickly here because on today's show, we're going to focus uh, on the first half of the show on outfielders, last week we focused on infielders and catchers, and you can probably still listen to that show somewhere. I don't know where. Kyle, tell them where they can listen to last week's show. Is it posted? Is it in some app? You tell me. Yeah, if you're on the ESPN app and you subscribe to the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast, go in there. It'll be, well, by the time you listen to this, it'll be the second one in your feed. You get your infielders then. You get your outfielders today and pitchers next week. And something like, I, it's on iTunes too, right? iTunes, yeah, yeah, Stitcher, all that good stuff. All that stuff. I don't really know what it all is. I just push buttons and listen, but I'm telling you. It was good. All right. Uh, let's start with Mike Clevenger because he's really good. And, you know, when I heard about this injury, my first thought was, man, this guy gets hurt a lot. But he also is so good. And when he is out there, 
It's almost like the Aaron Judge of pitchers. You're going to get only like 25 starts, but they're going to be really good. And I remember, and we always talk about this. I don't know how old we are. But the Jason Schmidt season, Tristan, when he missed like the first couple of weeks of April, nobody wanted to draft him, and he ended up fantasy's number one pitcher. I'm going to look up what year that was, like 1954. Or something. <laughs> but like Mike Clevenger. 2000 Three, was it even a 2000-something? I don't know. It was 03 or 04. All right, so it was a long time something. ago. You know what? I wasn't even born then. It was basically people was telling a, me that, that they drafted him. There was, there was In addition to that, there was a Carlos Delgado year where he was borderline going on the DL in the first week, and he had one of his best seasons. So does this matter? Because it, oh, it's, yeah. it's not an arm. It's just a medial meniscus. medical. Yeah, I think so. Left knee. And uh, they're saying six to eight weeks, but four of those weeks are spring training or six of them. So he, he might miss like three starts. How many do you have projected for now? Uh, I, I'm going with your 25. I think that's about right. What I liked about him was that in spite of the injuries last year, he rebounded in a major way. Uh, 17 starts from July 1st uh, forward last year, 12 wins, 12 quality starts, 217 ERA, and his strikeout rate was over 30%. So he was peak performer after that stage, which is unusual considering the injury. So I, I use that to somewhat discard it to a degree, but this matters just because we it's a known chunk of his season lost. I, I can't make the case for him as a top 10 starting pitcher. All right, you currently have a number nine. I moved him down to 17. Um, so, yeah, I think you need to drop him a little bit as well. That will be an adjustment I'll be making today now that you've <laughs> alerted me. I didn't put well, that Well, please through. get to that, Tristan. I mean, like, <laughs> what are you doing with, with your time if you're not updating your rankings every 30 minutes? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm getting a different set of rankings that I've been asked about now for two weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have dynasty rankings. We'll get to that after we do the uh, all the injuries here. Yeah. Um, all right, so Clevenger, I would, I, basically my reaction would be don't overreact. How about that? Um, Cole Hamels. I, I think you're about right with the with the number. I think you throw 15, and that's the over yeah. line. Cole Hamels, I think we should worry. That's a shoulder. He's old. That's a problem. I'm going to take the under on 25 starts for Cole Hamels, and he's usually pretty durable. Yeah, and you know, he, he actually had an underrated, decent year. It wasn't the peak Cole Hamill's performance, but it was certainly useful, and it was good from a, a real-game perspective. Those now kind of go out the window for me. Ruined I, it in I, August. He, he was great for the first three months, and then like in like yeah. July or August, he, it fell apart. He got hurt. Yeah, so with the questions in his more recent past, I'm... I'm I'm probably not going to draft him anywhere. Yeah, I uh, Miles Mikolas, I really dropped down. That's a forearm. That that seems like a precursor to Tommy John surgery to me. Oh, I hate the. They're forearm. saying a month of rest. I assume his April's in serious jeopardy. He's out my outside my top fifty now. Wasn't a K guy to start with. Um, I mean, I could make the case. Well, I don't want to say Cole Hamels over Mikolas, but I mean, Kwang Young Kim, the lefty coming from Korea. They're saying he throws a lot like Hyunjin Ryu. And I took a shot on on him in one league. I think he's going to be in that rotation. I don't know if Michaelis is making more than 20. I don't know if Michaelis is making any starts. So just be careful here. Make sure you have the news. This is different. Mike Mm -hmm. Nicholas and Clevenger. We know a knee. He'll be fine. By the way, I I think when there are injuries in the Cardinals rotation, there are opportunities for other guys there. They've been pretty good at developing. Yeah. Yeah. Not not shallow mixed league impact guys, but. Players who are certainly relevant in anything deeper than the standard and NL only leagues. Right, I assume, I assume Kim is in there. Ponce de Leon probably gets a chance. I think Carlos Martinez has to be in the bullpen. I don't know. If he, maybe they give him a chance in the first month or two, and then oh, he just... he's he's starting if he's physically capable of it. Right. That's what alarms me is that they're 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 admitting that this is a question of whether he can physically handle the workload of being a starter. And by the way, their closing situation is something to watch this spring. Yep. Who is it? 
Well, it's Martinez if Martinez can't handle the chores if it's, of starting. If Martinez starts in April, is it Giovanni Gallegos, Brevia? I heard Ryan Helsley's name being thrown about by uh, somebody who covers the I Cardinals. Think it's Gallegos. I, I like him quite a bit. You know, while we're on this, what are you looking for in early spring games? Do they matter? I mean, I wrote a story that's coming up this week um, saying, like, these spring stats don't mean a thing, people. I mean, look at last year's spring stats and some of the guys who put up numbers. I mean, Matt Moore had the most wins. And, you know, uh, Corbin Burns and Matt Adams had the most strikeouts with Jung-Ho Kang. I mean, like, it's just like, stop it. The spring games don't matter. You don't know who they're facing. You don't know what the situations are. Um, it's all about, to me... Uh, lineup positioning, who makes rosters, who makes rotations, injuries. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you're watching? Like, yeah, I, I, I watched the spring games this weekend, but I'm not watching them for fantasy, like, goodness, really. A, f- a few more things. Yes, I'm agree- I agree with you that you throw out the stats for the most part. If you want to take a look at them at all, you're looking for rates. Strike at a walk rate, I mentioned a good amount of times. Mm-hmm. By the way, one of the things I like on Baseball Reference is that they give, uh, with their spring stats, a weight of the competition that they were facing. They will tell you whether the majority of the players they faced were major league caliber players, AAA guys, or low-level minor leaguers. So there's kind of like a weight as to, to what that stat line meant. Take that uh, in, into account. I'm looking for pitch selection changes, velocity changes. Uh, as I mentioned, the K-to-walk ratio, I'm looking to see if a hitter might have adjusted his launch angle. If there was an injury question about the player coming into spring training, how is he throwing or how is he swinging the bat? Other than that, I don't really care about what these the the home run totals, the the innings pitched and ERA are. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. You the want to just don't. use the eye test. <laughs> exactly. A um, couple more injuries here. Mitch Hanniger. Ah, man. I like him as a fantasy player, but... I had to move him so far down in my rankings. I don't know when he's going to play, and now I have concerns that he'll be just able to stay healthy. I mean, like, over under, like, 300 plate appearances now? Is that even, like, that seems mean, but can it you even draft Hanniger now? a valid question. In a 10-team league, Roto or points, can you even nope. draft him? Nope. No, I well, so. I, I mean, there, there are leagues with 10 teams that aren't our standard where they're going to give you unlimited DL uh, injured lists. But is he even a good stash guy at this point? I don't know. Not one that I'm going to pay a, a premium for. I mean, and then after what happened to him last year, um, your boy Aaron Judge. I mean, it's uh, all, he's already yeah. dealing with something. Yeah, I know. Like I moved him down in my rankings again. Now I acknowledge that. Look, I wrote a story that was posted today about about old players to go with our Tommy Ransell prospects piece, and you wrote something your dynasty rankings, and I wrote about old players. And Nelson Cruz, how, you know, every year he hits 40 home runs and he's going to do it again. Nobody wants him because he's only a DH and because he's going to turn 40 and other old players. And I noted that Nelson Cruz hit his 40 home runs in 120 games last year. Who's going to play more games and hit more home runs between Nelson Cruz and Aaron Judge? I don't think that's an obvious thing, even though Judge is like 15 years younger. Which is certainly not an obvious thing. I think it's a, a very fair point. I think it's Cruz. Well, Cruz is, you see, the, the, they're 13 years apart in age, but Nelson, Nelson Cruz has considerably better consistency over the past three years than Aaron Judge. And I think it's fair now to raise the question about the injuries. I, I hate to do him. it. I'm a huge fan of his, as you I, know. I but am too, but. It's a fair question. Well, I, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here. In one sense, I'm fading him because I wouldn't take him around two, which is where he's going to go. And the other, I'm fine if he hits his 35 home runs in only 120 games because then I get, you know, a month and a half or two months to add a player to like Brandon Belt sitting on free agency. I, but, I, 
Brandon I, Belt I for a month or two. I, I think that's something you can do in our game or in a even a 12-team mix. I think that anything deeper, and the, the leagues in which you and I play, we're going to fade him more in those. Because um, he's more, much more difficult to replace. And you are going to have to pay that premium. For example, in an AL only. I mean, you and I have, have drafts coming up in what? Uh, next week. Yeah. Nine day, no, eight. Yeah, nine <laughs> yeah. days. You're going to have to pay 30 plus to get Aaron Judge. I'm not going to do it. And I noticed, let's let's say going to your uh, dynasty ranking, dynasty rankings, you have Aaron Judge number 21 here. For one, he's not as young as people think. He's already 27. Clearly not durable. Okay. And we got reminded of that yesterday. I think that's too high. Like, I understand he could hit homers for the next decade, but I don't think I would rank him there. Now, you have Acuna over Trout. You get six years of age there. I'm fine with that. I mean, the the, the, the top ten is not that much different than this year's top ten. Tatis right. is up a little bit higher. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero is number 12. Man, there's a lot of talk about where we rank Vlad right now, like round seven or eight. You got him, you know... Number 12 overall, ahead of Bryce Harper, Glaber Torres, Arenado, who knows how long he's in course. That's my first thing I noticed when I saw your, your dynasty rankings was Vlad at 12. What, what is your okay. thoughts on that? And you noticed it, but do you disagree well, with Well, I don't because I still think he's going to be great. Exactly. And I think what happened last year, I thought he hit the ball hard. I think he's going to, I mean, look at that body. He's going to hit for power. I, I like... Especially in this age of StatCast numbers, I like high average exit velocity. I also like, and this is the important number, is the hard contact rate when the guy's generating at least 95 miles per hour on balls in play. And his rate is going to be up there. So is Aaron Judge's. That's one of the reasons he's ranked so well. And yay, the curse of publishing a ranking set. And then that was pretty much minutes afterwards the Aaron Judge thing came out. Well, I mean, so I will update that probably by a couple of spots. No, I mean, I don't know if you should change your dynasty ranks because Aaron Judge has a shoulder injury in February. I, I, but a week ago, I wasn't really thinking of Aaron Judge as a guy who maybe has an injury rep. And now I'm I'm starting to wonder. And it could mean five ranking spots in the overall. I It's starting to bother me. What I notice here is, like, Freddie Freeman's great, and he's 30. And he's going to do this for five more years. I want to win now in my dynasty league. So... To what degree do you have your dynasty rankings tailored for five years from now and right now? Um, so it's it's a five-year projection. However, the fifth year accounts the entirety of the future. So 20% of this is a true dynasty where you keep players forever. Um, and I get questions about that a lot as to how much weight do I put in there. I want this to be midway between... What you'll see out there in the industry are three-year projection systems and the ones that do rank as a true dynasty where it's the entirety of the player's career. Freeman at 24, I felt, was putting the premium on the short term. So to your point, I agree. I think he's a great player. I have no hesitation hesitation in taking him. And if my league is locking in guys at prices or it's just a three-year keeper system, I probably would have him in the top 15. Freeman and DeGrom are the only players in your top 40 who are already 30 years of old, 30 years of age, mm-hmm. um, which I think is interesting. You have Luis Robert of the White Sox already at number 40. Obviously, you think he's going to be great right now. Yep. You have him ahead of Chris Bryant. Yep. <laughs> you have Gavin Lux, 46. So you're tailoring this, I think, to lots of young players. Yep. Wander Franco's a teenager. You have him 48 ahead of Altuve. So 10 years younger, but Altuve's doing it now, and I still think he will do it this season. And Wander Franco, I don't know when he's coming up. So I don't think in a dynasty I could take Franco over Altuve. I don't know what to do with Astros in the dynasty ranks. 
I to have do a anything. decision based on 2020. I don't know how I want to handle that year over year. There's nothing to handle. What do you What do you think is going to happen? Are Tuesday going to bat 260 this year? Come on. Uh, I think we'll be looking at some roster and By the way, people stop tweeting stuff like this. They're not going to throw at their players. Okay, they're going to get suspended. Bregman's not going to get hit in the head by a pitch in, in the opening. Yeah, game. That, that, you don't Stop. make draft decisions based on that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But the point being, I, I think that this was a team that had a core it was going to build around over the next several years, and, they and will. I, I don't know what the future holds for that franchise at this point. A hundred wins. That's what I think. Losing those draft picks is going to hurt this team year over year. Yeah, it's in not going to hurt Altuve way. or Springer or Kyle Tucker, who you have at number sixty. Um, you in know, three year, it, put it this way: in three years, don't you have doubts that they might even be a five hundred team? No, I don't. I've I've, I've got a Bregman, Altuve, Springer, Kyle Tucker are still going to be great. Maybe Verlander's retired by then, but I don't. Sorry. Um, anyway, check out Tristan's Dynasty Rankings. Check out the article I wrote today on Nelson Cruz and other older players. Let's go over to Al. Uh, you have Otani at 35. What do you think Otani's going to do in the next five years? Otani is one of the, the widest range guys uh-huh. on this list, and it's going for the, the age. He has two paths to greatness. There is the path by which, if he stays yeah. fully healthy and this works, he could be a 25 start at an elite production level there uh, performer, and with the bat, put up the kind of year that he had last year projected to, let's say, 140 games. That would be an extraordinary top five in baseball player. Uh, looking at outfielders now, we talk about tiers here. Obviously, the, the hop of the draft has four outfielders. <laughs> Trout, Acuna, Yelich, and Betts is your order. Uh, mine is a little bit different. But it, gone are the days where you say, ah, I can wait on outfield. There's so many of them. Look at the number 55 outfielder on your rankings or yours or mine or anyone else's. Do you feel confident that you want to play that guy? Do you want to stream your final outfield spot? Name yours. Is, I, want, I want the names to come out here. The point is I'll like – I'll tell you mine. Well, I'm looking at yours right now. Oh my God. I was, yeah, I was going to say Cole Calhoun is like that type of guy as your fifth alpha. You actually have him number 55. Um, I'm, you must, maybe I did not hit the publish on that because yeah. you might want to do that. Um, yeah, I'll take a look at that. But like the point is that Gritchick, Calhoun, either Willie or Cole, Jack Peterson, Byron Buxton, these are guys you have ranked in the area of your 50 to 50, 50 to 55 outfielder. Are these guys great? You're going to have them on your roster all season. I don't know. So don't avoid outfield in rounds one or two because you think, oh, I can get them later. Remember, you need five outfielders pretty much every league. Whereas like, and, and the same with Freddie Freeman, like in round one or two, like, okay, I can use a first baseman. I can use a corner. I can use utility. There's, I, I, a lot of these drafts, I'm finding my fifth outfielder is a guy I don't even like. So if don't don't avoid a, a top outfielder early on. Don't avoid Marcelo Zuna because you're like, oh, I can just get an outfielder who does that later. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Anyway. I think it's I think it leaves you to doing a lot of homework that you're gonna have to find the impact players in season. The first guy that came to mind from last year, Oscar Mercado. You'd have to get a guy like that who puts up a good amount of production at no cost, not even a draft day cost. Um, all right, depth. So do you think the depth is good? I mean, our standard game is five outfielders. You also have utility and reserves. But how are you building your outfield, Tristan? Do you even look at that when, when you look at, you know, drafts? It's obviously every draft is different. But are you saying I want to get a good core of outfielders? So in my uh, dispersal draft of this league I was in last week, it was a 16-teamer. There's two teams being dispersed. I ended up with four outfielders I'm going to keep. We have, we have 12 keepers. And while I was doing that, I was like, uh, but why not? Because, you know, like, what am I going to draft? There's not a great outfield in, in the pool. So 
Anyway, your thoughts on building an outfield? I feel like the talent level drops off in a pretty noticeable way right around 30 to 35. So I agree with you that the depth isn't quite what it was in seasons past. The other thing I find interesting about outfield is the multi-eligibles. This is a year where you look at the outfield pool and you say the multi-eligibles I'm probably going to use somewhere else. I'd rather shuffle them into my infield. I'm not so sure that that's true this season. I feel that you might be using your Cody Bellingers in the outfield, your Chris Bryant's in the outfield, your Cattell Marte's in the outfield, not at those spots. Marte maybe at second because I don't like the depth of that particular spot. But those guys who are cornermen and outfielders, you probably are going to keep there, like I have in the rankings. uh, And that is going to help a little bit with the depth. I, I, I... I ranked, let's see, 29 players in my top 100. Well, no, actually, I ranked 30 players in my top 100 among outfield-eligible types. So I feel like you need to address that pretty decently. The other thing, too, is I feel like you're going to have to address the categories. I I think you're going to want to get your balance there. You're not going to ignore stolen bases and get power there because I don't think you're going to get it quite at first base and corner infield like you've assumed in the past. Versatility matters, and this is one of the topics we're going to have uh, in at First Pitch Florida, which is next weekend. I, I think you can still sign up there. The, the good people at Baseball HQ. I'm on a panel on which our friend Todd Zola is uh, the moderator, and we're discussing outfielders. And I'm going to bring up like, don't you know, assume that you're moving an outfielder to the infield because outfield's not as deep as you think. Um, also, I I'm going to say you can't draft Malik Smith. Bottom line, you just can't draft a guy who doesn't have power anymore, even if he's stealing 30 bases. I'd rather punt speed than take the chance on finishing eighth in home runs because I'm rostering a guy like Malik Smith. I don't think he can do it anymore. So yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm just fading guys who run and don't have power. Further supports the idea of balancing your categories, especially at this position. I think it's going to naturally happen for you at positions like shortstop and second base, just because of the players who are there and the the nature of those player pools. But at this one, I don't think you can just look at this like, this is where I'm going to get all my 30, 100 guys. Because if they don't run, I think you're going to be facing a shortcoming in stolen bases. So how willing are you to take a chance on a guy like Kyle Tucker, who may or may not play, may or may not hit, or Luis Robert Robert of the White Sox, who people are, are concerned about the K rate. We don't know where he's hitting in the order. And we have a big difference here in how we rank these these prospects, because I tend to just wait until later on and take, you know, Andrew McCutcheon or Shin Shu Chu, still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you on the balance between young players and older players? Yeah, so first as the, the, the captive to your column here, I did really like the McCutcheon and Chu in, inclusions on this list. So everybody should check those out. Wait, wait you read my article? Of course. Because it was out in time for me to read before we did the show. Nah, that's <laughs> like not, the one that I, I got. I, I think you generally don't read what I write. I do if it's out in time for the show. Uh, <laughs> the one that came out about four, I got the link four minutes before the show. A little bit more difficult. <laughs> I had to scroll through that really quickly. Um, but anyway, with those like two, most. in particular in the points leagues, and Shoe especially, I feel... Yeah. Hmm? He walks. I, I feel that those two are ones who are, are as you describe, not getting the proper respect for their skill sets. And even in Roto Leagues, I think there's going to be a, a decent amount of value for you. So as to the rookies, I, I like that you bring up T- Tucker and uh, Robert just because they do contrast their power and speed guys. I like Robert because I think he is going to be in the opening day lineup. I don't think that this is much of a, ba- of a, a battle. I think what's going to happen is that job is his to lose during spring training. And he's in there because he signed that contract, kind of like the Scott Kingery situation. In Tucker's case, he's going to have to earn a spot, and I'm iffy. But this far out, I'm taking a chance on the high upside on both sides of the ball. And by the way, don't worry so much about the positions when you're drafting. It kind of works itself out. It's nice to have versatility, but like we said earlier on Nelson Cruz or Jordan Alvarez, who's a monster, um, 
and I don't know if we're talking DHs at any time, but like Nelson Cruz is really underrated. Jordan Alvarez is probably overrated. I've got Nelson Cruz much better ranked than you do, uh, which is fine. There's more risk. Him? I, I probably, I mean, he's in my top 50 and I'm sure he's he is not far yours. outside mine. Nick Solak. You know, so Rancel had the article on the prospects. Nick, if you want a guy who's going to play this year, Nick Solak's going to play. He might be their opening day center fielder. He might be first base. I don't know, but he's going to hit. So don't worry the fact he's only DH right now. You don't have some questions about Solak. He is the defense is a major question. I think they're going to find find a place for him to hit. Is what I think. I I would like to see them do that, but it's going to force having Solak or or uh, Chu in the field on a regular At basis. At some point, playing time matters the most. And when you're drafting these players, you know, once in a while you can take a guy who you know Clevens is going to miss some time. Kershaw's not making 32 starts. Mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz is not playing 160. But you like you need playing time too. And, you know, and Anderson Simmons might be what you need for your points league team because you think he's going to play a lot. He's not going to strike out, stuff like that. Just, you know, don't take too many chances on prospects. Joe Adele's not coming up. Alec Bohm is not coming up in April or May, I don't think. So if you're drafting these guys, you're either waiting a long time, you're using a bench spot. There's no guarantee with that when they do come up, they're going to be better than Nick Solak, for example. Although, based on the recent track record of prospects, the levels of impact that they have provided, especially the blue chippers, has been significant. I, I, I think you and I, 10 years ago, we would have said, don't, don't draft any prospects whatsoever. They're all, almost always disappointments. These days, some of these guys have been making immediate impacts. But as you described, there is also a steep downside. And it's involved in playing time, but also the fact that some of them just don't pan out. All right, that's the first half of our show. Now it's time for Kyle to speak and some music in the background. All right, uh, there's lots of questions in here. You're going to read some, and then I'm going to go check it out and try to do some like fast stuff at the end when the music stops. But what do you got, Kyle? Yeah, sounds good. A lot of engagement. Keep them coming. We'll send out the tweet every day before the podcast. Send them in. We'll touch on just about anything. Seth wants to know which starting pitcher you have ranked outside your top 20 you think has the highest ceiling. Hmm. Ceiling's a good thing. Again, you don't want to have too many just high ceiling guys on your roster. But Tristan, you have a name? Tyler Glass now is the easy one, yeah. but that's just going the easy But like route. can you over under 150 innings? Can you even I think that's the right number. I'm gonna be the optimist who takes the over, but it's a fair number. Outside my top twenty, I mean why do I have Otani? see I don't really have Otani as my number twenty one starting pitcher. He's my number twenty one player, but I don't wouldn't I would not take him over Paddock Glass now. I mean, Ot- Bauer, yeah, Otani. Based on the eligibility there yeah. and the way that we have to treat rankings, it's very difficult to fairly rate him for both. Just Why the way our asterisks? game goes. <laughs> the asterisks in my rankings, or is that huh? just dirt on my computer? No, there's asterisks. I don't know why they're there. All right. <laughs> No, you see in my rankings, there's asterisks. All right, let me look. Are those the free agent ones I might have uh, left oh, yeah, in there? Yeah, you need to take that off. Um, Hold on, we're, we're, oh, yeah, okay. The, these are guys with options. I've got to, yeah. All right. Let me um, check the code. Um, Glass now is the obvious answer, Paddock. Is there, Severino, who I don't want, and I ranked ap- appropriately for I not wanting him. You probably got him like 15. I have him 29. Why? You're, you're trusting that he makes 25 yeah, good mean, starts? Who don't you question after the top 15? I question absolutely every single guy outside no, of the top 15. Of these. I don't question Granky at all. I don't question Syndergaard. I don't question Burritos. I don't question Paddock anymore. You don't question Burritos? Burr- mm. Burritos. I like Burritos. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I would absolutely question Paddock. There's the durability there, or the the workload. I don't think he's question. making 200 innings, but that I mean, limits him. You want to talk about guys? Like Lance Lynn, nobody thinks can do it again. I apparently do. Brandon Woodruff, I think can do it again. I don't think he's, he's you know that is brittle. There, he probably has at least a workload as large alert workload workload question as Tyler Glass now does. Woodruff? Oh yes. Why? What am I missing there? Because they both missed a substantial amount of time last year, and the Brewers, even more than the Rays, love to go with that mix and match pitching. Yeah, staff. but Glass now is always hurt. I don't think Woodruff has a history of that, does he? Woodruff missed wrong? some time last year. No, I know he did, but wasn't it was it army related? I don't feel like I'll have to go back and contrast the two before last season, but I don't, I don't feel like... You, I don't think that's a fair comp. I have them right next to each other, like so I don't really feel much it wasn't an el- It wasn't an elbow. It was a bleak. This is the other one between those two is that if I'm picking the ballpark, it's Tampa Bay by a mile. All right. Well, I should I should break out my fair. country mile for the first time in 2020 because it is like that. Um, we should we should answer the question: Who's outside your top fifty okay. that could be a top twenty? Star? Yeah, I see. There's a guy in my top fifty that I'm ranking really well, and the more I look at him, the more I love him. Who? He's 35, Max Fried. Uh, I like him too, but I'm saying a guy that you have ranked later than that, yep, outside yep. your top fifty. That I'm your top ten. That could end up, yeah, top ten. Like who's capable of doing that? If like John Gray is capable of doing that if things go well. Um, hmm, which do I like best man, here? I don't see too many actually. <laughs> I mean McCullers, but that's that's 150 innings at most. There's right? a guy that you and I, Mitch have Keller. About. Yeah, Mitch Keller. I I got him. <laughs> you don't even let me go on and on and on and on and on before well, we mention the name. <laughs> that's the obvious guy. I mean, look at his numbers is in the it? minor leagues. Is it? It is. Oh, he's not the obvious guy. Who's the obvious guy? No, I mean that's. I don't think he's as obvious as you. I think that people want no part of Mitch Keller because of what he did in a small sample last year. And I look at his minor league numbers and I'm like, this guy's going to be good. Mitch Keller is one of two things. He is Corey Kluber or he is Nick Pavetta. We don't know which it is. Don't even say that. How could he be Pavetta? How could he be that? Because he's only K's right now and absolutely nothing else. And luck ruined him last year. However, he also had issues with kind of getting into gear within starts. This is a guy I'd tell you, go throw your first 50 pitches in the bullpen and then come out here to, to throw. But then he wouldn't go deep in the game. So I want to pull this up. Um, Mitch Keller's first inning ERA last season was unbelievable. It was ten seventeen, I think. All right. Well, then, then I don't. And and the, the other is up. that the rest of his <laughs> starts. I mean, the the, re- the remainder of his start, his ERA was something like seven. So it's not like he was good at any particular time. What I looked at was that it was a. I think the final five or six starts, three of them were pretty darn decent, and the K rate from the entirety of his major league uh, performance was. Good, the, the, and the underlying numbers supported it. You but know, I that's don't, Nick Pavetta. I don't care. Like, I, I, I know everything you're saying, and I understand why it's important. So you don't but, want him then? But no, no, I do want him. I don't care what his numbers were in the majors last year. I cared that he was so good in the minors for like three years. This is not Nick Pavetta. I mean, maybe it's not Prime Clover either. But then it's Tyler Glass now, oh. and that's not much better. All right. Well, because that I'll was a Keller. really unpleasant I'm first I'm sure I ranked Keller better years. than you. Hmm? Um, I moved Keller up a decent amount because I realized that the that I I like him. I want to get him. And based on what the market is telling me, I wouldn't. I also moved up Jake Arrieta. I think his arm is fine now. And I think we're going to see better numbers. Maybe not an era, like 375, which is still a good fifth or sixth starter. So I moved him into my top, like, 80 or something. Um, all right. We, one we who, get to one who could, I, I'm, I'm a... I want to see if you're pro this guy, Ronaldo Lopez. I was just going to no. say that. 
No. I, I don't hey know what you. to do with this guy. I ignore him. How? how <laughs> that's what you do with him. Be, Giolito, he's not because Lucas Giolito. Giolito did well, that means he'll do well? No. He's not Lucas Giolito. I want Pablo Lopez. But understand that Reynaldo Lopez was one of the worst, if not the worst, pitcher in a regular rotation at one point last year. And then overnight, with a couple of adjustments, became useful. Not elite, but useful. Again, not the ceiling of Giolito, but he's got Yasmani Grandel, who's a very good framer behind the plate. So he's got a, a good backstop situation, perhaps one of the ma- best in the majors. I don't know what to make of him. I'll grant you that. Didn't he throw like a one-hitter at Cleveland last year, late in the season? He mm-hmm. beat Detroit a couple times. I'll grant you that there's K upside, and if he can just reduce the homers, like if the ball changes back, okay. I, I, but I still see like a 450 ERA for Reynaldo Lopez, and I just yeah. don't. I mean, Pablo Lopez could have a 375 ERA. So Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, when we say top 10 in this question, it's hard for me to say the ceiling is anywhere near there, but I'm— Lopez intrigues me. If he's going to stay price-wise around the 75th starting pitcher, I'll take my chances. All right. What's next, Kyle? With Tristan on that one, Michael gets to keep one in a points league. Flaherty or Baez? I think I had Porcello ranked above Ronaldo Lopez. Mm. Board um, butt? Board butt? <laughs> Porcello over who? <laughs> Anybody. It's the wrong answer regardless. Oh, Lopez over Porcello Thank all you. day. Thank <laughs> you. Um, I assume this is Jack Flaherty, not Ryan, um, and, and Javi Baez and not Michael. Um, I mean, it does it depend on need? It depends on who your other keepers are. I mean, if your other keepers are all starting pitchers, that's a problem. Um, Javi Baez in a points league, Tristan, not a walker. <laughs> that's for sure. No guarantee of stolen bases. One of these years, he bats 260. Do you have concerns about Javi Baez like I do? He just doesn't have plate discipline, and I don't think that's something that's easily learned. The first guy I think of who had a very, very good career with shaky plate discipline was Alfonso Soriano. Is that what Baez is? But it's more than that for me. 11 out of 18 on steals, and that that concerns me as well. Mm-hmm. There are um, holes in his game. I mean, frankly, 260 is not the bottom here. 230 is the potential bottom. Yeah, and I, I don't want to – I think Baez will still have a – pretty productive year yeah i, I think do too i'm not saying out. yet i'm just saying like right. but this, also in a keeper league you, you want to think about guys you want in three or four years like you never know with injuries you know any pitcher differences are 27 for Baez and 24 for flaherty i've seen people that backed off of flaherty because there's like okay second half was awesome but his first half wasn't which do you believe most people are going to say the second half do you well, it's an unsustainable second half, but he also made some key improvements that backed it up. So the regression isn't going to strike him too terribly hardly. I, and I've read this. I've seen this in the industry, what you're talking about. I, I think that that is forgetting the lack of depth of the position. A lack of ace depth. Right. He, what he provides you is at the front end, it would have been would have, would have been considered the second or third tier five years ago. But nowadays, it actually is teetering on the verge of the the very elite like the 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 big four and i think here this is the thing in this question points league this isn't close to me it's flaherty but that actually is pretty close in a roto league yeah i agree with both of what you said all right what's next we've got zach a new fantasy baseball player he wants to know what three basic strategies you'd give him for a 2020 redraft league again first time player Know your rules. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, in every league, they're always different. Um, balance team. Don't try not to leave your draft without saves, without steals. Try to have balance. And balance mm-hmm. can mean not only statistically, but also old players and young, healthy and not so much. Um, positionally, some versatility. 
um, ale, and I'll just like some balance there, so you're not just relying on one thing. Um, what do you got? Anything else? Yeah, I agree with you on the balance for especially, especially for a, a new owner. Do not. Do not come out of your trap with a major question. I tend to think the new teams, and you've seen this as well as I have, people like to attempt to take advantage of the new guy in any kind of fantasy or sim league. That's what they do. So you don't want to leave yourself with a clear deficiency or people are going to attempt to take you on the trade market. And and don't be that manager who takes advantage of a newbie. And I'd love to say this to some of the people in our leagues, Tristan, but like, we know who you are. You know who you are. Don't be that person. Don't like, oh, new meat. I'm going to offer him, you know, a draft pick that has no value for Francisco Lindor. Don't do that. It ruins the league. We don't want to play with you when you do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, and the other thing I would say is, obviously, people draft with their heart to some degree. Okay? I just traded for Bryce Harper in a league because he's yep. a Philly now. I wouldn't have done that when he was on Washington. Oh, but that it, was a fair trade. Come on. <laughs> I'm not saying it's it was going to go real well for me now. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm saying I wouldn't have done it. I honestly can tell you I would not have done that trade if he was on Washington. Now, uh, I like him. I see him every day. Yeah. But, I mean, in that league, I can draft with my heart. In an yeah. NFBC, I can't. Yeah. Um, it yeah. depends on what you're thinking here, you know? Like, just and, – and don't hate on certain – like, I refuse to take anybody in Houston now. Don't do that because right. you can get a great value here if they slip too late in your drafts. You know, I refuse to take a player who's who's a jerk. There's jerks. We see them. Don't do that either. I drafted Bonds in those years. I wanted to win my league. I'm not having dinner with with the guy. To couple with your point here, if if you're new to a league, take the default rankings. Feel free to have an opinion. But if your opinion that's altering those rankings, so, for example, you're taking a guy three rounds sooner than what we are suggesting for you, and your reason is that, as you said, I just like this guy. He once signed an autograph for me. That's not a good reason. If it's because you saw something in the underlying metrics because you're really into the baseball stats, great, go for it. And by the way, our rankings are meaningless, people. ADP is two. You look at it to get a value of what... No, you look at those things <laughs> to to figure out where a player is going to be selected or how much p- people are going to spend in an auction. And then you do what you want, okay? Yeah. If you think that Nelson Cruz is going to be a top 20 hitter again like last year, then don't look at our rankings. Move him up higher and right. take him and make sure you get him. Don't wait, especially if you're like the first or last pick of a round. You have to wait a while to your next pick. I, I see this all the time with people. Well, your, your rankings had him in the seventh round, and I didn't take him in round five because I thought it was too early. No. If you want the player, within reason, people, within reason, yeah. take him because it's your team. You know, half of last year's first round did not perform like a first round pick. Half of them, at least. Give me me an example of this. Where would you say the line is where you start to sharply deviate from the overall rankings? There is no line. Honestly. There should be. Well, look. Maybe it's pick one. That's why I'm asking. If I want, if I think Luis Robert, okay, is going to be better than Jonathan VR, then I'll take him. I don't personally, okay? But even on my own rankings, Tristan. But that's what I'm talking about. See, you're deviating, deviating from your own rankings I'm just fine. as I do. And we I deviate have all the to, time. You and I have to rank a full top X number of players. I, I filed more than 1,250 players in 1 to 1,250 ranked order just an hour ago because I have to do that. But I'll tell you that I don't I don't like overall rankings. I like positional rankings because I think after you get out, out of... I like maybe, tiers. Positional yeah, rankings and tiers. Maybe the top 40, you might have a need somewhere that de- does deviate from the quote overall. And every, every, dra- every league is different. If you're in a standard ESPN 10 team points, okay, that's a little bit easier because we project the points overall 
and you can just try to amass the most points. In a roto, it's certainly different because you have to get enough steals and enough saves and strikeouts and things Balance like is that. Key there. Balance is a little bit more key there. And the points is how you address pitching. That's right. The and the other thing I would say is if you're a new owner, don't be afraid to just say, like, email your commissioner when you get a trade offer and say, hey, is this fair for what this league does? Is this what, yeah. is this a normal yes. trade to do? If you're a new guy in your league, don't be afraid to do that or else you're going to get taken. Yep. And I hate when people get taken. Trust your commission. If you don't trust your commission, you then shouldn't don't be, be in the league. league. And by the way, I tell people this all the time and they, I, I hope people have the data for it. Always get last year's tr- uh, draft results. Especially if you're in an auction, get last year's auction results. Period. You must. That's one of the most critical pieces. All right. What's next? I like that. There's a lot of good insight, you guys. Uh, Joe Keem said you guys convinced him last week to switch his league from quality starts to innings pitched. Are there any ranking adjustments he needs to make as a result? Uh, well, sure. I mean, obviously, when innings pitched is a category, um, quality starts, well, you're not going to be drafting pitchers who are, are pitching the seconds of the sixth inning that much, like Ryan Yarbrough. So it doesn't affect it that way too much. But you want to get guys who are durable, more durable in innings pitch leagues than as opposed to quality starts. I feel like I can stream quality starts more than I can innings. Um, also, relief pitchers who I think are going to throw 70 innings as opposed to 50 but get the same amount of saves, that matters a little bit. Yeah, what else? I don't I don't know what the full set of categories is for this league. I don't think we can answer it without Assume the wins it. became quality starts became innings. That's what I'm assuming. Right. Yeah, that's the way I would go. So I would think that uh, shifting wins to quality starts is going to put more of the emphasis on starting pitchers significantly. And this is going to take it back the other direction, but not as extreme as wins would have. I agree with you. I think that the, the, the key tweak is you can now fill in relievers a little bit more aggressively. Like wins if you're a terrible. daily league, especially. Wins is a terrible stat and quality starts isn't that much better. But at least innings like you it can used see- to be. It used to be. It's not anymore. You can see Thanks. what's... Opener. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many pitchers does the opener really affect, though? Tristan? A lot. It was like 300. And, I think it was more yeah, but than... Yeah, that, that matter. Pitchers that matter. Granky's not going to you know, be affected by the opener. Or no, anything. but you need to get your wins. You need to get your quality starts from somewhere. And if you're streaming, it does deplete the streamers. Pool. The other thing is, like, certain managers are, are more apt to trust their starters to go more innings. Correct. Yep. You know, whereas on the Yankees, I mean, when Paxton comes back, he's going to barely throw five innings. In, in and yeah. we are we are actively going to need to you know, baseball as a whole. I'm talking about not us in our game. Baseball as a whole is going to need to find a way to address improving the quality start measure or come up with some new metric that kind of addresses volume within the game, within an individual game. Volume's important. It's critical. When's the last time Trout had 500 at bats? Um, next hey. question. I'm just saying. Mike Trout. <laughs> oh, he's awesome. Best player in best player in the sport is not the number one fantasy option. Oh, we disagree on that. I know because you think he's going to steal 30 bases. Come on. No. Okay. Even if I had him at 15 to 18, he was still number one. Any more questions? What else we got? We got one more here. Josh is looking for one prospect from both of you, not named Luis Robert, Robert, Robert. Robert. I think it's Robert. I want to say Robert. It just Robert. sounds better. Too. Yeah. Hey. He's not French. <laughs> He's not, but Luis maybe he is Robert. on this podcast. Hmm. He's not a hockey player. Either way, a redraft prospect to consider this year, not named Luis. Well, Nick Solak. We talked about earlier. Give me Nobody... the at-bats for Nick Solak or PAs. 500. 20 home runs. I'm going under on the end. 22nd round pick. See, I'll, I'll take him in the 22nd. The, 
the DH only bothers me with him because I'd like to he know that he's going to get three weeks into the season. Hmm? He qualifies in the outfield after ten games. I'm just, I'm just if saying he plays for ten games to that quickly. I think he'll be. Why don't you like him? All right. So what's I, your? I prospect? like the bat a lot. I hate the glove. It's terrible. And if you look at Solak as the guy who plays DH twice and then second base one day and then outfield another, it's going to take a little time for him to get that position. Maybe, but like I, I look around. There's other bad defenders, and they play. You know, he's a well. Alec Bohm's not a third baseman, people, but he's going to play there at some point. But not, yeah. Hmm. You know, I mean, Reese Hoskins is a terrible first baseman. I mean, I'm just talking Phillies. So who's your prospect that, uh, that will have the greatest redraft? I'm not saying the greatest redraft impact because Gavin Lux obviously is going to be awesome. I'm saying off the radar. Gavin, but Gavin Lux, by the yes, way, is batting eighth bad, for the yeah. Dodgers. And, you know, Gavin, if Luis Robert bats first and Gavin Lux bats eighth, for one, Lux will walk more, which in on base and points leagues is great. He won't steal a lot of bases. He won't bat as much. I, Gavin Lux might be getting a little overrated in, in redraft leagues. Okay. That's a fair point. Yeah. So who's um, your prospect? Yeah, I'm, I'm, say it's the greatest impact there. Then I'm going to Kyle Tucker next. Um, I, I actually like the two I think should be rotation guys, but swingman types in Jesus Lazardo of the A's and Dustin May of the Dodgers. I think they will be in the majors. I think they will get a decent amount of volume if they're Kenta Maeda volume types this year. 150 innings on either? Probably under. Yeah, and even if it's between 100 and 150, I still think you're going to squeeze a good amount of value of those two. I'll go to, to his ace teammate, Sean Murphy. Uh, the more I look at Sean Murphy, the more I like him as the guy. Eric, to your point about get your catcher at the end, you might get Sean Murphy with your final pick in every every league, and I think that's a win. Sean Murphy versus Yachty and Molina. Old versus young, people. I, you know, I, I think I'd probably take Molina. Take Molina. <laughs> what about you? Oh, I'd take Molina. I think Murphy will be good, but I'm not sure. I missed See, Adam I, in a dynasty league recently. That I mean, with you, I'm like I was angry that about that. But like, to, to be honest with you, I actually like Austin Allen a little bit. Okay, well, you should be honest with me. You should be honest with everybody. But but I know it's it's kind of strange to name this guy who didn't do all that much with the Padres was the third option, gets sent over to Oakland, and I, I'm not even sure he's clearly number two on the depth chart. But I think that the A's might not give Murphy. They certainly won't give him Yadier or Molina at bats. But oh no, no, no. It might well, not Molina might get hurt. So, uh, the music stopped, which is sad. It's so sad. That means our show is over for today. But we will be Find back a chair. next week. <laughs> I got mine. Do you have anything else to sing? You, you you need to sing on every episode. That's what oh, they're tuning in for. Not tuning in for me. Oh, parting is such sweet sorrow. Something like that. Huh? Spring games. Do a do a song about spring games starting up. Um, Bernie Williams. There we go. <laughs> that is all for Fantasy Focus Baseball yeah. for Wednesday, February 19th. Initially, initially, this sounds like the sound of silence, but... Thank you so much for tuning in and downloading and listening to our little show. For Tristan, who is awesome on every show. For Kyle, who pushes all the right buttons. I am Eric. Have an awesome weekend! Everything is awesome! Darkness. <laughs>